What's up, Middle Georgia Dog Pound? Welcome to another edition of the Middle Georgia Dog Pound Live. I'm your host, Brian. Matt, Kevin, what's up, fellas? What's up, buddy? What's up? How are you guys doing? Doing great. Glad to be here again. Right. I am definitely looking forward to a great show with you guys. Going to recap the Sanford Bulldogs that we took down in Samford Stadium. So maybe I got that backwards. But uh, say it three times tw- three times fast, and uh, you will have a tongue twister, that is for sure. Uh, yeah, great win this weekend uh, in Between the Hedges. Glad to be home. Glad to see our dogs show up big. Um, we're going to recap it all, talk a little bit about what we felt, uh, felt from the game, and then we'll get into uh, our preview of the South Carolina Gamecocks and uh, what we expect to see happen there. Uh, before we get going, though, a uh, few housekeeping tidbits. I want to remind everybody, uh, if you ha- if this is your first time on the show, go to StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook to give permission to show your comment on the show. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Be glad to take questions, comments, opinions. We take them all. Uh, whatever you got to say. I mean, you can be like John Akaki and just put the random stuff up there. And we'll, we'll put it on the screen. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and, and then if you have a product or a business you want to promote, please reach out to us, middlegeorgiadogpound at gmail.com. That's middle, G-A, dog pound, spelled like it's supposed to be, D-A-W-G, pound at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you guys, um, and we'll be glad to talk to you and have you, uh, maybe have you on the show. Well, guys, what you say, let's, uh, let's roll that uh, Samford Bulldogs game footage. God, here gets Robert on the release of the ball. It goes downfield incomplete. He got drilled by Pop. Jamon Dumas Johnson. Here comes pressure again. Hire's going to run with it. He fumbled the football. Pile at the 40. The ball came out of his hand. He had it with one hand. George has got the ball. The dogs have recovered the Hires fumble on his scramble in Sanford territory. The dogs get it with Xavier Sori, the linebacker, comes out of that pile with the football. Georgia's possession on the Sanford 40. Looking for our first touchdown of the game. Play fake. Bennett going to keep it. Roll to the right. Get inside the pylon. Touchdown. There it is. Perfect read. Perfectly well executed by Stetson Bennett. Again, the athleticism to get outside of contain. And stuck his foot in the ground and found Pater. Play fake, Stetson throws it into the end zone. Caught by the freshman, Dylan Bell, on a quick slant from the right edge, and a touchdown. Quick little slant, dump it right where the linebackers vacated. Perfectly executed play, good drive there by the Georgia offense. Bennett under center. I got the whole on my shoulder. Stretches, handoff, McIntosh. Easy run into the end zone. Untouched at right guard. And that's a touchdown. Boy, big block there by Tate Ravlich. McClendon, good job by Erickson. Allowed us just a walk into the end zone. That was. It was just a, a pleasant jog. Jack Podlesny for a 25-yard field goal try here out of the hold of Stetson Bennett. And the kick is up and good. Three more for the Dogs. And that will be that. The ball game will come to an end. The final five seconds will tick away, and Georgia goes to 2-0. The Dogs have not given up a touchdown this season. They shut out today after giving up three last week in the win over Oregon. The final score here in the home opener, Georgia 33, Samford nothing. Yeah, big win there for Georgia. Um, As we talked about a little bit before we came on the show, Georgia looked a little vanilla on offense, but our defense, man, just just kept the hammer down. And uh, obviously, they got the big goose egg, which I love to see. I'm I'm a big big fan of the O on offense and defense. <laughs> so, what did you take away from the game, uh, Matt? What did what was your key takeaways? So I was there at the game, um, and like I said, like you said, I, you said there, um, very vanilla offense. Um, not not so flashy, 
A lot of it's, I think, it's just working on some of the things maybe they struggle with in other games. Like, you could say some plays that we saw, like that inside shovel pass to to Bowers. Like, you know, why it didn't work the first time. They're seeing it now again. It doesn't work again. I think that's a play they're trying to see. Is it something we actually can do, or is it just a one-time deal? Then they're seeing things like that that they, just, that they don't work. So we don't need to keep keep going with them, on with them moving forward. Um, wasn't a lot of – I mean, uh, Bennett was throwing the ball high. Uh, a lot, which was kind of out of the norm. Uh, I think his mindset was get it high, get our, our guys get a chance at it only because we had more height than anybody else out there, and then you no, know, we would, uh, and then not worry about interceptions. But I think it, it, initially it ended up just being incompletions, and so we should have had touchdowns. We ended up having, uh, you know, field goals and stuff like that. It wasn't great, but you know, anytime you beat a team, anytime you you know win a home game, anytime you put thirty-three points up and they score zero, it's a great it's a great day. So it uh, wasn't great. Like you said, echo your point, uh, defense still looked pretty strong. Defense had a, uh, a really good, good holding there, which is great. Uh, I, know, I know it's against a, a you know, lower kind of caliber team, but still, you know, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good solid showing for sure. Uh, to keep somebody under 200 yards is, uh, is an accomplishment no matter who you're playing. Uh, but, yeah, that defense brought it. I mean, the, the, Sanford played a defense that was – I was there. I was uh, texting you guys in the stands. Like they're putting all eleven guys within seven to ten yards of that uh, line of scrimmage. So with that, plus they blitzed about seventy-five percent of the time, and so they made it where we, they knew we we're going to try to work on the run. And I think some of that was Kirby talking to other coach, you know, talk, talking mm-hmm. to Hatcher and say, "Hey, we need to work on the run a little bit. So how about you guys stack the box and we're going to work on the run?" Yeah. And so things like that. I think they just they knew they weren't going to win the game. So let's, let's both both teams work on something that we need to work on. And once again, just my opinion, not saying that happened. Don't go, you know, go on the Twitter <laughs> or something. Um, so just things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Hunter Ivy said Dylan Bell is going to be special. Yeah, that was, we got to see him. That was one of my highlight players before the season started. Uh, I think he's going to be a breakout player for us. But I'm going to tell you, that dude does not look like a receiver. He looks like a running back all day long. He is the thickest receiver I've ever seen. I mean, he is – he has got all of the uh, running back uh, build, um, and uh, but he, he he is definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be somebody to watch as the season goes along. Let's see, Hunter Ivy says Bennett was throwing way high. I just can't understand how you throw the ball high to a six foot seven tight end. I agree. It seemed like he was trying not to throw an interception versus just delivering the football, stepping into it like he was doing in the Oregon game. Um, he, he was ta- almost seemed like he was taking a little bit off the ball a little uh, for some reason. But what what did you think, Kevin? Uh, I agree with you. He kind of was short-arming it, I think, and just wasn't following through with his throws. And it's kind of a little uh, inaccurate uh, compared to what he was in the Oregon game. Um the, the the main thing I I took away is the the defense is legit. I mean this defense is stout. Um, everybody talks about a, a bend don't break. These, these guys just want to break other teams. That's all they want to do. And uh, these guys come in fighting, grinding, and you know took it all the way to the end. They never stopped through the whole game. Um, so anybody wants to know if they can go four quarters, you better believe they can go four quarters. Um, the main thing is, you know, everybody's got to realize with this this game right here is this was this was Kirby's mentor. Um, you know, Hatcher is the guy who gave him a job starting out, and he wasn't going to go out there and embarrass him at, by no means. He wasn't going to run up the score. You know, I think our predictions were a little lofty. Um, going into this game last week, and uh, he, he's just not going to embarrass him like that. He's not going to do him like that. You know, you wouldn't do your mentor like that. You would not go in and purposely embarrass them or the team that he coaches. So I think he went in, and that was part of the deal with the fourth quarter. He cut the, the fourth quarter short, short uh, knocked it down because there's no point in really taking a chance of hurting a player on either side of the ball. So, um, Overall, though, um, I think this was, like Matt said, it was a designed um, game scheme. And I, I told y'all last week, this 
Sanford has a good defense. They got several guys on there that are fast. They get to the ball, and that's what they did. You know, they they Georgia worked on their run and still has work to do. And I think that was partly because of what's coming up this week with South Carolina. Um, that's where we need to get better, and we need to be able to run the ball because this is a, a defense that we could gash, and I know we're getting into that later. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So John Morgan, he he uh, he said, I hope McConkey, and I, you know, no AD calls him McDonkey, but uh, yeah, he says I hope McConkey uh, continues to show out. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely doing his thing. That is for sure. Definitely hated to see AD get hurt in the game too. Um, but uh, you know, I don't expect to see him in South Carolina. We don't. We won't need him. And we don't need him against Kent State either. So yeah, I think the word healthy. is that you're not going to see him this week. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, what what was your busy, biggest surprise of uh, of the weekend when you guys were watching all the games with the upsets? There was what uh, I guess Sunbelt went on like they hit the lottery or something, right? <laughs> yeah, somebody was living right for sure. What was your uh, most surprising game from last weekend, Matt? Uh, for me, I think it would be the Notre Dame-Marshall game. Um, uh, that was just, you know, Notre Dame at home. They just had a good opening showing against uh, Ohio State. Um, not a fan of either one of those teams, but just thought that they, you know, they've been recruiting well, you know, top ten the last five years. Even though, that, even though Brian Kelly is gone, you still had a, the, the coverage was still pretty full there and just thought that would – that would have, that would have been a pretty much a cakewalk for them, but it was not, and I loved every second of it. <laughs> yep, absolutely, Kevin. Uh, mine has to be the Texas A and M game. You know, we we all, me, me and you, especially Brian, talk about App State. You always got to watch for App State. There, that's the upset team. Seems like every year they pick a team to go in and and beat. And uh, this year, Texas A and M was the victim of that that thumping, you know, and uh, I, I hope you downloaded that video of them at the uh, midnight yell because that jumps hilarious. I watched that today, and I'm like, I wonder how uh, how all those people are feeling now because um, that video has got out, and they look like a bunch of idiots. Um, but, yeah, that was my biggest uh, surprise after all the talk about how good – a&M was going to be this year. They get taken down by a FCS school and, and have to pay them that money for that butt kicking that they received. You know, that has to be embarrassing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned that video. I, I put that video up on the, uh, the dog pound page. Um, so before every home game, that's one of uh, Texas A&M's traditions. They, they do the, the, I don't remember what they call it. It's a yell practice or whatever. Yeah, it's the midnight yell. Yeah. The midnight the yell man. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, they, of course, they get in there and they make fun of the team that they're supposed to be playing. Well, it didn't age well. Um, and if you guys haven't seen it, I'll try to get it pulled up here in just a second and, uh, and play it for you. But, yeah, it did not age well at all. Um, they definitely uh, – took it to A&M and, and, and make them look like the, the hillbillies, that's for sure. So here we go. I got it, Kevin. We're going right. to roll this footage. Well, I say I'm going to roll this footage. It's just spinning. Welcome back to Midnight Yell Practice. Boy, do I love to be back in Kyle Field. The week after a season opening win. A lot of y'all, I had to Google this team to make sure that they were even real. I was really confused because Appalachia is definitely not a state. But sure enough, I found them and they're located deep, and I mean deep in the backwoods, just like you would think any hillbilly college that names themselves the Mountaineers. 
I just hope that these guys can get here tomorrow all right, because I know for a fact that half of their football team can barely even read the name on their jerseys, let alone read a map. It's a shame that the only two brain cells that all these guys have left are going to get knocked out by our wrecking crew defense tomorrow. Now let's have a fight tech tag yell practice. I've never understood that little thing that they do. I don't either. And I watched it when they came to, to Sanford Stadium. Um couple years ago and i watched them do it over and over and i'm like i don't understand this somebody's got to explain that so if there's anybody out there that understands that aspect of the uh a&m yell please shoot me a message shoot me an email <laughs> explain it to me call me up i need i need a lesson because it does not make any sense to me Let's see. You catch some some comments here. Hunter Ivy says App State's dominate domination of the Aggies. The scoreboard didn't show it, but the stat sheet especially top. As for the as for North, uh, Notre Dame, that was shocking as well. Marshall put more points on the scoreboard than Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. He says Marshall beating Notre Dame sure hurts Ohio State's strength of schedule. Shoot, Ohio State's got more stuff to worry about than their their strength of schedule. I don't think they're gonna. Go, I don't think they're gonna go undefeated. They didn't look that great to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they they better watch out for Michigan State. I, I just got to tell you that that team looked pretty pretty good. Uh, let's see, Larry Purvis, how are you doing, fella? I think I hit all the all the comments here. Well, guys, uh, we can sit here and reminisce over. Sanford all we want, but I mean I'm I'm looking forward to get into the Gamecocks. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm ready to get to it. What about you, Brian? What was your shocker of the week? Me? Yeah. yeah. My shocker of the week was the, the the Texas and Alabama game. I did not expect that to be as close as it was. And for Alabama to have fifteen penalties uh in that game, that is not the Alabama that I know. Uh, that, that was a completely undisciplined team, and they are out of control. And it showed it after the game when they're out there doing the horns down, and you got your head coach telling you to not to do that crap, and you keep doing it, and then you do it all the way into the locker room. So there's no respect for Nick Saban. The Nick Saban look or the Nick Saban butt-chewing, that don't exist anymore. So we're we're in a new era of Alabama football. I honestly believe that we're going to see Alabama win uh, lose two regular season games this year just because they're undisciplined. And I said, knew I said it from the get go at the beginning of the season. I still feel that way. They are not the team that they were last year or the year before that or the year before that. Alabama has depended on three main players: a, a speedy running back and two speedy receivers. They don't got that this year, guys. They ain't got it. And their defense is as undisciplined as I've ever seen them. Holding penalties, pass interference. I mean, to see somebody lined up in the neutral zone that's a veteran player, that's a, that's a, telling, that's a coaching problem, guys. That is a coaching problem. That's not a player problem. It is a coaching problem. And they've got it in Alabama, and it's going to rear its head before the year is over. Well, hey, they almost lost that game, so – you're, yep. I don't think you're far off, bro. The only reason that Alabama won that game is because Texas scored too fast. Yeah, that's the you're only probably reason. right. If they had to drug that thing out and run it and run it and run it like they should have done, Alabama will have a loss in, loss on the um on, in in the in the loss column already. Let's see. Let me hit some more comments before I forget. Hunter Ivy, should that have been called a safety on Young. In my opinion, yes. Bama had no business winning that game. They had luck on their side. Oh, yeah. Matt Peake, he's number one for telling you Alabama's the luckiest team in in college football. All day, every day. Next to Auburn, (laughs) right? Yes. I mean, Alabama's the luckiest team that that ever existed. So, um, let's see. Who said said that? Larry Purvis says, I agree with that. Alabama's been out of sorts. Yep. They have. Uh, they're not the same Alabama team that we've seen in years past, and uh, it's showing up. 
And that's why it took Alabama all year last year to get to a point where they could actually play. And it's going to, I mean, it's going to hit them up front this year. I don't think they can, they can make it all the way through their regular season schedule uh, without getting two losses. But I could be wrong. Been known to be wrong. But I did call the national championship last year, so. Spot on, I might say. <laughs> well, let's get into the South Carolina game, man. Let's roll this this footage. That's not the right footage. The heat, it's intense. It's not going out anytime soon. We know what it takes to keep the fire ablaze. But it's about time we turn it up a notch. There's a fire within that's fueled by hunger. A hunger to win for the brother next to you. Connection, composure, physicality. We have to continue feeding the fire every single day. One they can't put out. And he hurdles another guy. Oh, Georgia picked it up. Four quarters. Composure connection. Composure connection. Everything we do, we believe in each other, okay? Make the hit. Touchdown. Give it some info. It's going to be hot. So remember, if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. So don't mess with the heat. Let's go. Let's go. Love it, man. Love it. That don't get you fired up. Your wood's wet. Let's get into this thing, man. Mr. Matt, I know you got some good good info on the on the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks, but before we jump into the offense, I know you're going to hit it hard for us and give us some good some good uh, stats. As you guys know, Shane Beamer is the head coach. Shane was with Kirby Smart in his first year at Georgia, uh, first two years, as a matter of fact. Uh, he was with us uh, for that first year of struggles where we. Almost lost to Nickel State. We lost to Vanderbilt and, gosh, who was it? Else? Ole Miss that we lost to that year as well. Um, and then we come back the next year and then go to the Rose Bowl and, uh, you know, ascend up to the mountaintop. Of course, lost the national championship. But he was there. Uh, he was there on the team. Uh, he got to see all of the, the good tidbits of starting a new program uh, at, a, at a school. Um, I watched a lot of video on Shane. I wish I could have pulled a lot of it down and showed it, but we'd be here all night. So <laughs> the good thing about – the thing I really like about him is he is a realist. Uh, Kevin and I both said it. Um, he, he does come off a little quirky with his little videos that he's come up with, um, but it, he's relating to those guys, you know, that's, that's you know, of that age. So um, he, he's a realist. I mean, he'll, he, he in his press conferences, he – laid out all the reasons, all the things that, that South Carolina has to do and have an answer for that they don't have an answer for. And um, and so, I mean, you saw that after last year's game where he got in the press conference and, and said that the reporter asked him, how did, what did Georgia do to, you know, on defense to uh, to get pressure? And he's like, what? He said, what, what did Georgia do different? And he's like, uh, they have like 105 stars. They're really fast. They've got a uh, defensive lineman that weighs 340 pounds and runs better than anybody on this call. And so that's a realist. Uh, I, I appreciate that. You know, you, you, he's not, he's not preaching his team or building up his team to be something that they're really not. So um, I expect this program, he might be for it's over with the best coach that South Carolina's ever had. So um, just keep a watch out for him. Of course, uh, here's the two mascots, uh, the the, uh, the chicken that they can't determine what the name's going to be called. It's you know goes from Sir Mix a Lot to Sir Big Spur to the Commander <laughs> of of Spurs. I don't remember all the different names they came up with, but uh, I think they ended up settling back with the original name there, Sir Big Spur. Um, so hard to figure out how to name a chicken. I guess I don't know. I name mine Rusty, but whatever. Um, <laughs> And then, of course, the uh, the walking mascot—that's uh, cocky. And um, so, there you go. You got the uh, the spill on the on the uh, 
South Carolina Gamecocks, and now you're informed. So, Matt, take it away, buddy. It is insane how they spent most of their offseason not worried about season conditioning, but about the mascot's name. It's insane how they're unprepared for football at that school. So, yeah, we're, that's what we're looking at here. So, got our quarterback here is uh, Spencer Rattler. Um, he's a transfer from Texas Te- – I'm sorry, our transfer from Oklahoma. Um, looking at his numbers, uh, he you – would, you would think, okay, you know, he has not been very productive. He only has two two touchdowns this year um, and three interceptions. But he's got 603 yards that he's completed, which is third best in the SEC, right behind our boy – uh, Stetson. So we consider to say he's not productive. Yes. The, the bad part about him is he takes a lot of sacks. He has taken nine sacks so far this year. So is that a atonement to his offensive line or is it uh, he doesn't know how to stay in the pocket and he runs for his life and he ends up getting sacked? He's got rushing yards of negative 35. So we're not seeing any big runs from him coming out. That's supposedly one of his trademarks to be able to to be light on his feet and escape um, and elude pressure because um, he's taking nine sacks. So I'm not going to do a whole lot about their front, their offensive line. I think offensive line is very inexperienced. They're not the, not the best. Does the guy have a decent arm? And I'm going to be honest with you, he does. If you look at last week's game, um, uh, y- uh, his throws within uh, 20 yards, he was 19 for 21. That's pretty good. I don't care who you are. You know, if you're doing like what everybody else has done so far this year, Oregon did it. You know, Sanford tried doing it. These short, outside, you know, dink off passes, little guys run with it, or these slant patterns. That's what he does really well, and that moves the ball down the field. But does it put the ball in the end zone? No, it does not. But it does move the ball down the field. So we will have some struggle with that. I, I, I especially think in the first half until we get acclimated into it, until we put some points up. And they have to go deep. Deep balls, he's not doing good. But those short, within 20 yards uh, of, the, of, the, of the line, he is throwing pretty accurately. But overall, he's only like 61%, um, which is not great either. So we're going to have, you know, we're going to see some ups and downs from him. I hope he has his worst game of his life to, on, on, uh, for tomorrow, for sure. But we know past history, as we go into this stadium, South Carolina always seems to have some weird, crazy voodoo that runs over us. Uh, but once again, that's the old that's the old era. We're in a new era now with uh with, with Kirby. So our discipline and our players will over over overwhelmingly, I think, uh counteract that. Uh we also have um the running back here. So the running back here is um is it uh I'm sorry, it's Marshawn Lo- uh, Floyd. Um some of you guys who keep up recruiting was a guy that we also heavily recruited for Georgia. They don't run the ball very well. Um He's only got like 53 yards uh, on the year so far. So 53 yards. Um, I think he's got he's got well over 30 attempts. So I mean they're not he's they're not doing very very good at all on the run game. It's not just him. He's the highest leading rusher they have. But the good thing about him for their sake, he has 100 he has 103 yards uh, passing. So they kind of do what we do a little bit with our with uh, with McIntyre. They use a lot of the the running backs. Um, you know, passing game, keep them in the passing game to, to, to get guys in with speed and space. So we're going to see a lot of that as well. So just because they're not rushing the ball, um, that they may be doing a lot of throwing to the running backs, uh, both of them. Um, and also, here's their prize possession. Um, you know, most people never heard of it. Well, actually, that's the that's the tight end. Before I get started with that, you wonder why I put the tight end with the running backs? Because this tight end has has rushed the ball 11 times. That's right. They're, they're tight end has rushed the ball 11 times, uh, which, you know, and so his, his his passing game is not great, but he, he runs the ball. So be a little, it's a little hilarious to see a tight end run the ball that much. And he's, he's 230 pounds. He's not a huge tight end by our standards, but uh, they, they want to put him in space and they're going to try to get him the ball because he's an athlete. Um, to our next one is our wide receiver that we're going to look at here with, uh, with Anton Wells. Uh, Anton Wells is a, is a transfer as well. He's from um, he's from James Madison. He had 1,200 yards plus last year at James Madison. This guy, so far, the leading receiver for them with over 200 yards. He's their big time guy. Uh, we were we were wondering if he was he going to be as effective as he was um, at James Madison. Is he going to be in SEC? And he's proven he can be. He can be one of those home those home run guys if they get a ball over the top on us. So he's got speed. He's got good hands. 
He's got a decent size. He's kind of built like like um like uh um like Dylan is like we talked about earlier for for Georgia. Looks like a running back out there. Um, he is he is a good player. He's going to give us some fits. He's going to have some catches. I can't stop that. Um, but we can but we can definitely can uh, contain the aspect. We just can't get those big home run balls over the top like we did last year at South Carolina. Had a few too many of those last year with a less experienced uh, quarterback than we have here with uh, with Spencer. So that's our game plan. I think we'll see a lot of the same kind of game game calls on offense as we have as they'll have. But we got better athletes, so eventually we won't have anything to worry about. There you go. On to Kevin with the defense. Good deal, good deal, man. Appreciate that, my, Mr. Matt. There. So yeah, uh, so I've got uh, the special teams. So I, I got them in my in my lineup here. So we throw throw our special teams guys up. So this is the special teams coordinator, uh, Pete Limbo. I believe he came out of. Um, uh, Louisville um, looks like that uh, he was brought in specifically because of his special teams uh, experience. Uh, he's been with several different teams and uh, has a unique ability to to get the most out of his uh, special teams play. Uh, so their place kicker is Mitch Jader. I think he's three for three so far this season. Uh, he fit a 53-yarder against Georgia State, um, but uh, most of his, his his other two kicks were in, within 25 yards. But uh, he does have the leg to uh, to hit those uh, deep um, field goals if if needed. And then, of course, their punter is Kai Kroger. He's uh, from Lake Forest, Illinois. He's got a booming leg as well. He's had 10 punts this season so far for 448 yards. As long as it was 79 yards. So uh, he can definitely flip the field on you. Um, so that's that's another uh, key piece that they have in their arsenal for for uh, um, for their defense. So uh, keep his name on the tip of your tongue. You should see a lot of that come, uh, come Saturday. should see his name being called on a regular basis. All right. Defense. Mr. Kevin, what you got, buddy? You know, before we get into these guys, this is a defense that is is a beat up and banged up defense. Um, they are going to be coming into this game missing two of their starters, and these are their leading uh, starting linebackers of Jordan Stacken and Mo Caba. Um, Stacken is uh, accumulated ten tackles in two games and one sack for a loss of eight yards and the Kaba has accumulated eight tackles. So these two are going to be missed in this game, especially going up against uh, Georgia's offense, especially for um, a team that's given up, you know, 29 points per game and 385 yards a game. Um, I think that these two will be missed. And also there's three guys that are, questionable a tackle is uh, alex hundley um a db cam smith and another db uh rj roderick um if these guys are all starters if they're not able to play that's going to be a huge role to fill um with five guys missing off your starting defense um ones to watch is davani reed um this guy is a senior corner um, he's probably one of the best corners that uh, South Carolina has. Uh, he's a transfer from Central Michigan. Um, he's accumulated five tackles this season. Last year, he finished out the season with 72 tackles and two interceptions. So the guy is, uh, you know, well experienced. Um, I, I don't know who they're going to have him cover, uh, but we just have to keep our eye out for him. I'm sure you're going to see him all over the field. Um, uh, next guy is, uh, Jordan Birch. Um, he is a linebacker. He's a junior. He's also a Columbia native. Um, he's 6'6", 275. Um, he's, uh, very, very, uh, physically imposing, uh, in the middle of the field there. Um, 
So you have to watch out for him. He's got elite quickness. Um, so you'll probably see him blasting all over the field, especially with these two other linebackers missing. You probably won't see him come out of the game very much. Um, also, the another linebacker is a senior, Brad Johnson, um, 6'2", 238. Uh, I think that this is probably the strength of their defense is their linebacking core, and that's pretty close to it. They have some good linebackers, and uh, that's what keeps their defense in the game. Uh, this guy, Brad Johnson, accumulated 74 tackles in the 2021 season and two-and-a-half sacks. Um this guy is a leader on the defense, um, and he understands the defense and the position set of each player. Um, the next guy is a defensive lineman, uh, Zach Pickens. Um, pretty stout fella, 6'4", 305, um, also a South Carolina native. So these guys are playing for their, their home team. Uh, so these uh, – in 2022, he accumulated so far has accumulated four tackles and eight assists in the Arkansas game. Um, not really sure why he didn't play in the first game of the season. I tried to find that information, but I, I was not able to. Um, in 2021, he accumulated 23 tackles, 15 assists, and four sacks. Um, this guy has, has been around. He's a senior. Um, you know he's experienced. He's going to be leading that defensive line to try to close up those gaps in the run game because they know that that is their weakness. Um, these guys are going to try to fill those gaps, and uh, we got to rely on our offensive line to to bust holes because that is that has been their weakness. Um, Arkansas gashed that defense mightily. Um, and I would expect that that's, that's the game plan going in is to, to expose those weaknesses in that defensive line and open up holes for our running game. Yeah, I, I was watching uh, the, uh, the South Carolina-Arkansas um, game, and you're exactly right. I mean, we were, they were just running between the tackles anytime they wanted to do it, um, and – South Carolina had no, I mean, uh, yeah, South Carolina had no answer for it. The other thing I noticed in that game, and I, we talked a little bit about before we came on the show, was that their uh, Arkansas's receivers were just running wide open down the field, which was odd because they didn't have they didn't have the passing yards. Um, I think just Arkansas just decided they were going to commit to the run, and that's what they were going to do, mm-hmm. and that was their game plan, and they never diverted from from it because it was working. But uh, but yeah, there there is a lot of holes in that South Carolina defense. Um, I was trying to look up. There was one corner that uh, I heard on a podcast today that, um, and I cannot remember his name. I was trying to look him up while you were talking. But there's a the corner that uh, South Carolina has is a he's he's six foot, um, like uh, two oh five, six foot, but he's really long, got long arms, and and there uh, he is their lockdown corner. Um, and I wish I could find his name, but I can't remember. But uh, they—that's all they have is uh, for a DB is that one corner. That's it. Um, so there's there's not a lot of not a lot of talent on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and especially uh, being uh, riddled with injuries does not do them any favors. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, let's get into. Uh, you got any other thoughts on the South Carolina game uh, on the on the team map before we move forward? I mean, like you mentioned some of it already. I mean, they they've had teams Georgia Georgia State and and Arkansas both rushed very well against this team, um, but also at the same time, neither one of those teams really did very anything um, in the passing game. Which right now Georgia is all about passing. So if this team is doing some. Is, uh, South Carolina is doing some good stuff on on the passing game to kind of mute some of that stuff, that could be a struggle for us if we can't get the running game going. Uh, you know, that's how they say, oh, you open up the passing game by starting by starting the threat of the rushing of the rushing on a team. So we'll see what happens in that, in that form. It may just be because they didn't need to pass, like you said. Um, and it may not even matter when they can turn down or not. You know, Munkin may throw, you know, 40 passes their way and still have 400 yards passing. And who knows what they're going to do. They're going to find what, what works and going to stay with it, whatever it is. Deal. 
Well, uh, for some reason, Georgia's decided they're going to have two game trailers again this year. They throw one up at the beginning of the week, and then you get another one either on Thursday or Friday. This week, we our show was on Friday, so we got two game trailers. So I'll go ahead and play the other one, then we'll jump into week three matchups. The final score here in the home opener, Georgia 33, Samford nothing. The Dogs will open up conference play next week in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh... Tough. Think about physicality. Think about playing on the road. It's what you prepare for you know, all summer and all off season. Is just to be able to have the composure and the energy and toughness and, and really the endurance to play at a place like South Carolina. SEC, you know, is the best football in the country. You know, we got even have a challenge. They got a tremendous team and they got a tremendous atmosphere, and they'll be a, a tough opponent. We got to go and see what our team's really all about. Good deal, good deal. Yeah, I know that uh, the South Carolina fans believe this should be a night game, um, and. Uh, Unfortunately, they they're not getting the the ratings, so um, they're just gonna have to deal with what they got. Keith, uh, week three matchups. Let's do this, guys. Let's do it. Got the U, Miami, A and M. Is that the snore bowl? Wake up, Matt. Is that the snore bowl, Matt? Uh, it's just that it's like I don't care. Uh, you know, like I said, we, I think we said we said in our. our pre- Texas A&M is going to have some losses this year. I think we first heard out, think about Texas A&M, they're going to be better improved versus last year and all this jazz. Then we found out they only returned seven starters. Turning seven starters, you're not going to be meshed in like a unit like you need to be at the beginning of the year. They're going to have some losses. I, I might be surprised they have as many as they did last year, four losses last year. This is going to be a loss for Texas A&M. And I hate Miami because every time they win a game, no matter if they're playing the Blind Academy, Everyone thinks the U is back, and I'm so sick of it. That's why I roll my eyes, because either one of these teams win, the national media is going to be like, oh, they're back. And neither one of these teams are back. So it's a, it's a coin toss, but I think ultimately uh, Miami will win the game, and then the you know, ACC will have about five seconds of, of bragging rights. But who cares? Well, I think you uh, see the – Vegas has them by six, has A&M by six. They're favoring them by six. Max Johnson was announced today as going to be the starter over Haynes King. We'll see uh, see how that works out. But uh, so who do you think is going to win the game? Miami. Miami's taking it? Yeah. Kevin. Uh, well, this will definitely be uh, Miami's biggest game so far this season. They've played two games, one Bethune and Southern Miss. So they haven't played anybody, and they've got them ranked in the top 15. I don't know whether that's just because there's really a struggle to find teams to put in the top 15 or what, but this will definitely be Miami's biggest challenge so far to this point Um, because they blew both of those teams out of the water. I didn't even write the scores down because they were ridiculous. Um, But... This is a must-win for Texas A&M. This is a redemption game coming off a loss that they should not have lost by any stretch. Um, I think that this is the moment where they realize they can't just roll into a game and expect to win because they're an SEC team. Uh, it's just not going to work that way. you got to prep, be ready to play. Um, like I said, this was this was their wake up call, and I've got a. Uh, I think Texas A and M is going to come out of this game. Uh, I got thirty six twenty four. Wow. Yeah, I'm on toss up on this one, man. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. John Morgan says Miami's going to upset A uh, and M. Hunter Ivy says the Aggies changed their quarterback to Max Johnson. He is the left handed quarterback for transfer from LSU. Miami wins twenty four seventeen. Daddy says Miami wins this one. Hey, might as well go with Miami. This, hey. this is a night game at, at Texas A&M. I know they played Texas A&M at Texas A&M last week too, but 
it is a night game there, so I, I would hope that that would help. BYU and Oregon. What you think, Matt? Um, so this is a big deal for, for anybody's ever looked at BYU's schedule this year. BYU is playing a ton, a ton of legit teams this year. Um, they really think this team is legit. And they think this team needs to be able to be get get to the playoff. Uh, if you haven't looked at their schedule, who they're playing, they're playing some high caliber teams. They play they play Arkansas later this year. They got Oregon here on this this team here. They also play Stanford, which is not a huge deal. But they play a lot of big power five teams this year. And this is going to be the one of the ones they're going to hold their hat on. So this is a big deal for BYU. You know, you got a bunch of Mormons who are all like 37 years old with five <laughs> kids playing on the offensive line. And so you got some mature men playing some boys. So we'll see how good they are. I ultimately think that, uh, that Oregon will hopefully, with their speed they have, will win this game. But BYU is no sleeping dog, man. Those, those guys are... Or a solid team. Are they a top four team for playoff? No, but they're a solid team. You're going to see them stay in the top 25 in the majority of the year, in my opinion. But I think Oregon wins this game. What you got, Kevin? Well, uh, this is going to be, I think it's going to be a shootout, really. Um, BYU is 2-0. and Oregon's 1-1. One one. Uh, BYU's got wins against South Florida and Baylor last week. Baylor was ranked number nine last week, and they beat Baylor 26-20. to 20. Um, so B- BYU's coming in ranked number 25. Tw- uh, excuse me. BYU's ranked 12th. Oregon's ranked 25th. Oregon's coming in this week as a, uh, you know, a big win off of East Washington. Uh, that was a 70-14 to 14 win. They just blew them out of the water. Um, so I think that it's going to be if Dan Lanning can get his defense to show up and tackle. Yes, that's what I was about to say. To show up, do their job, and tackle, and and follow their assignments, I think that they can come out of this win. It's not going to be an easy win. It's going to be like a skin-of-your-teeth type win. Um, I've got Oregon winning this one 48-42. Wow, that's a high-scoring game. Yeah, it's going to be a shootout. That game's going to take five hours. Yeah. Daddy says he's pulling for Oregon. Well, I think all of us are pulling for Oregon. Uh, I know I am. Um, I just don't know who's going to come out on this one. I'm still I'm on the fence on this one as well. Mississippi State, LSU. Matt, what you got? Okay. I stand. Uh, Brian, everybody knows this. It's no secret at all. Um, I think I think um, Hunter Ivey's taking taking Oregon as well. So um, just to get that out there, uh, I'm going to take Mississippi State. And we're like, why take Mississippi State? Because they throw the ball a lot, and we've noticed that LSU does not have a great a great secondary. And so I think they're going to put some points on. I think this game's going to be back and forth, just like we like you like, uh, come out the previous game. Back and forth. This could be easily high 30s on both sides. But I think Mississippi State's going to shock them again, like they did it about three, four years ago, and they're going to take them down, and they're going to be a little bit of a surprise there with uh, with, with Mississippi State because they do have a good a good quarterback who's pretty accurate and has right now the leading passer in the SEC. A good chance that Mississippi State takes this win for me. That's what I'm going with. Kevin, what do you think? Uh, this one is going to be uh, an interesting game. Um, I think that this is going to be one of those deals that it's it's whoever's defense actually shows up and plays that will be the winner. Um, you know, Mississippi State has is two and zero. LSU's one and one. Mississippi State went on the road last week and beat what is being called a decent Arizona team. They beat them 39-17. Um, LSU, we all know how they started the season with a loss against. Florida State 24-23 um, and they're coming off a win against Southern University is 65-17 to so I don't know whether they got any of their issues from week one fixed corrected or what um, but it doesn't look good when you let Southern University score 17 points on your defense so like I said um, each team has let these two teams 
score on them pretty well. Uh, so it's whoever's defense actually shows up and plays this game. But I'm I'm taking Mississippi State to win this game. Um, it's going to be close, 32-28. to 28. Well, this is the one I'm absolutely positive on. Mississippi State is going to win this game, hands down, probably two more than two touchdowns. And I'll tell you why. LSU is probably the most dysfunctional team that's in the in the West right now. And it's simply because Brian Kelly's there and he is fake as he can be and all the players know it. So when you have a fake coach, guess what you get? Fake results. You're not going to see anything but just a total trash LSU for this entire year. For some reason, Brian Kelly may can turn this thing around. I don't expect him to do it. Um, but Mississippi State has Will Rogers. He's probably the most unappreciated uh, quarterback in the West right now. Kid's got plenty of talent. And the Pirate, he's going to he's gonna spread them out and find a way to, to gash LSU. So I got Mississippi State by two touchdowns. Um, I'm absolutely positive Mississippi State wins this game. And they got leadership. It goes to your point, Ron. They return more starters on any other team in the SEC. They turn 17 starters. That, that team is full leadership. This is the complete opposite of what who they're playing on Saturday. Yep. LSU, let's see, Dad says LSU will figure out a way to win. I don't think so. Hunter <laughs> Ivy says Mississippi State wins 38-28. I, that's kind of what I'm thinking too, Hunter. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a two touchdown game. Hunter Ivy says Will Rogers passes for 450 yards and 14 E's. He might do it. He might do it. Because LSU's defense looks terrible. Horrible. All right. We are fastly running out of time. Let's hit this thing. Ole Miss, Georgia Tech. What you got, Matt? Oh, I really, really want to pull for my for my, my little brother, Georgia Tech. Uh, for those who know me, I still have a soft heart for taking my heart because they're, they're a local team. I have my grandfather went to school there. And I really, I'm going to, I'm going to, if they play Ole Miss like they played Clemson in the first half, Georgia Tech wins it. Now, call me upset. They're going to, they're going to, I'm done doing it. I'm just going to go with that. I'm leaving it at that. Well, you, you know, you got to pull for somebody. Kevin. Georgia Tech is a complete mess, Matt. Yeah. They are a complete disaster. Um, I, I believe if Mercer played them this this year, they could beat them. They they just their coach has just got to go, or they're never going to be anything. It, it's just horrible. Uh, I am not picking Georgia Tech and picking Ole Miss to win this game, hands down. Yeah, Ole Miss runs away with this one. This one's an easy one for me. Uh, they've got the talent. They've got. Uh, I mean. Lane Kiff is just an offensive guru. He's going to find a way to get the best out of his offense, and he's going to outscore Georgia Tech hands down. Hey, and I meant to mention this, and I I, I, I missed it, but Nebraska, you know, they fired Scott Fro Scott Frost. If they'd have waited, what, two more weeks, they wouldn't have had to pay that buyout. The buyout would have went, like, in half. It was oh like God. a $14 million buyout or something. <laughs> and if they'd waited two weeks, two weeks, two it would have went down to seven million. So, apparently, they wanted him gone bad. Bad, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make them willing to pay that money out. Absolutely. Let's see what I got here. Hotty toddy. Matthew Emilio says, "Hotty toddy." Old Lane will hang half a hundred on Georgia Tech. That's probably the truth. <laughs> that says forty-five to zero. Old Miss. I don't know that if they're gonna be blank them. That would be embarrassing. Uh, yeah. Old Ole Miss doesn't have the defense to. To blank them and Georgia Tech, um, they they can score. They just they're just not consistent. All right, here's the one that I wanted to talk about. I'm ready to go, man. Penn State Auburn. What you got, Matt? Auburn is a crap show. <laughs> Our, talk about a mess. Auburn's more of a mess than Georgia Tech is. Okay, let's just be real. And it's not like Georgia Tech. I just have a talent in it. Auburn's just a complete mess. Like, they're like the family you see at Walmart who can't, you know, they can't get their crap together and are fighting and, and like, the people, like, you see at the state fair every year, right? Who are just, like, they come out of the woodwork to go to the fair and are a complete disaster. That's what Auburn is. So, I think Penn State's going to beat them because Auburn's just a wreck. And I just don't, I want to see Auburn lose every game. Sorry. I, I did too. Kevin? Uh, I agree with Matt on this one. Auburn is a 
dumpster fire. Um, they they had shades of greatness at the the first game of the season, like that they were going to surprise us and then come out and just not look so good the next game. Um, these teams are both two and zero. Um, uh, Penn State has already beat Purdue this season. Uh, the first game of the season, 35-31, uh, is a squeak-out win. Um, but this would be Auburn's biggest challenge to this point. Um, they played Mercer and San Jose, San Jose State to start the season. They barely beat San Jose State 24-16. Yep, they were losing at halftime. 24-16 against San Jose State. Right. <laughs> The, these guys are... I've never even heard of San Jose State. <laughs> Neither. What? I, it's, it's like what? the only team they played to beat was Mercer. It's like, we're going to go out there and just show out against Mercer the first game. And that's it. That's all we're going to play for. Yep. And then we're done. I got, I got Penn State hands down just throttling them. Oh, by the way, they're playing at Auburn, too. So what do you think is going to happen when they get throttled by Penn State? At home. At home. At, they're going to get throttled. It's going to be like 42-17. to 17. Yeah, I don't, agree. I don't sleep on that southern heat, man. Those folks coming from the north down to the southern heat, that's a, that's a difference maker. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a 3.30 it's not gonna, game. It's going to start in the hot. heat. And, and it, yeah, it's only supposed to be in the 80s. Yeah, it's it's going to taper off. Well, the 80s for Pennsylvania is like, you know, 110 for us. Eh, yeah. I, I've I been don't... up there around. It's it's about it's about the same. Humidity, man. Humidity. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to have any, unfortunately. Penn, yep. Dad says Penn State 31-13. Hunter Ivy says Penn State 34-10. Here's the reason why I think that Penn State wins right here, guys. It is the creamsicle. <laughs> <laughs> the creamsicle will be coming to what we say the name of the stadium was Bryant Denny. Yeah. So the creamsicle will be in Bryant Denny. Um, just a bunch of popsicles running around on the field with the with the uh, Penn State white jerseys. Just a bunch of creamsicle going on out there, and uh, Auburn is going to get embarrassed if they wear this jersey number one number two they have no answers at quarterback and number three brian harson is trying to get fired so he can get his payout and get out of dodge yeah that is literally the syracuse reject yes sir <laughs> yes sir uh, all right guys the game that we all want to talk about this is the one this is the game that i want to hit on hard so let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Georgia, South Carolina. Give me your give me your uh, your prediction, Matt. So I I dealt with this a little bit. So I think we're gonna I went back and forth, back and forth. I think we're gonna be thirty eight thirteen. I think we're gonna be close. I think we're gonna end it up in the in the in the fourth quarter. I really truly believe that um, that we can easily score forty five points on this team. I think we could. I think we could blank this team. I'll be honest with you. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think we will win the game. I think actually, surprisingly, we'll cover those those the point spread, which is insane. You know, twenty four points, but I think we will. I think I got thirty eight thirteen. Cool, I like that, Kevin. What you got, buddy? Well, we will most definitely cover the point spread, and this will be the game that we will see our first defensive touchdown right here, Spencer Rattler. Throws the interception for a touchdown. Uh, defense is going to show out big right here. Um, we're going to put him on his butt at least two times. Uh, probably pick him off at least two times, one for a touchdown. Uh, they're going to take it to the Gamecocks and beat them up, tear them down, rip their feathers out, and come <laughs> back with a huge win. 44 to 9. I like it. I like it. Dad says 45 to 9, Georgia. I like it. Matt Emilio says, winner, winner, chicken dinner. We eating fried chicken for supper Saturday night. Saturday, right? 48 10. I love it. I love it. 
Hunter Ivy says fried chicken will be on the menu tomorrow. Dogs huge, forty-eight to six. Yes, sir. Love it, love it, guys, love it. Uh, any other predictions here? So you can see my ticker running across the bottom of the screen there. So they at the beginning of the year, they had, Georgia was questioned of whether they would beat South Carolina. Uh, even even one of the SEC uh, analysts throws out the gauntlet saying that he's picking South Carolina to win. So I, I decided I'd pull that down so you could see this guy's face and everybody will know that Takeo Spikes predicted South Carolina to win. So when this is all over and done, you'll know who Takeo Spikes is. I am completely sick of the disrespect that they're putting on Spentler's <laughs> Let's Rattler's go. Man. I'm telling you. And I didn't you. even play quarterback. Tell them. But let me tell you why, though, because it's so much the element of surprise. We talk about how can a defense prepare for a quarterback that they haven't seen. And that's what Spentler Rattler is going to bring to the table. Defenses can't really say, I know what you do until I get three to four games on the book. When you look at them, they come out and they play Georgia State, then Arkansas. Of course, of course Arkansas is going to be hard. But I really got this team upset in Georgia at home oh. in Columbia. Make sure you're close. I need to have your number is on speed reason, dial Is there a reason why you're pointing at me? Well, I mean, you I'm going to get out of the way over here. You, wanna just, you guys want to settle yeah, this I here? Mean, I mean, we could talk about Auburn, too. Well, we well like. that's, that's, that's another hey, day. Okay. Also, just so you know, all, all the producers in the truck right now are cutting this tape, they're cutting and they're saving it. They're putting it on a shelf. <laughs> and believe me, we're going to come back to this conversation <laughs> oh, in this clip. I love it. I love it. You're on mute, brother. So, so first of all, he can't even say Spencer Rattler. He's called him Spentler. So number one, that's that's you don't even know who you're talking about. You call him Spentler Rattler. Um, but uh, so everybody knows who Takeo Spikes is now. So uh, you got a name, a face to put with the name. Uh, realize that he has no clue what he's talking about. And uh, I'm picking the dogs to win big. I'm going 42-10 dogs. I think we come home with uh, a good. Fried chicken meal from uh, old Sir Big Spur. We'll be taking him on back and barbecuing him up. So, well, guys, any final comments? I don't see any more comments on our screen here. Matt, you, you got any final words for us? Well, we better come out on on fire. That's just how it is. I mean, the last Saturday's game, I know we're playing Sanford, but we had to come out with passion like we did against Oregon game. Better, better, better be every game moving forward. If we're not, we're going to see more of that lethargic moving team that we cannot afford to do this year. I think the, the, the first part of the year was we are the hunters and not the hunted. They better come out as the hunters tomorrow. Better take care of business. Absolutely. Kevin? Totally agree with Matt. Matt couldn't have said it any better than what he did. I don't think there's anything more to add to that statement. Cool. Let's hit a few comments here before we get off. Hunter Ivy says three and O come tomorrow. Mark my words, UGA is going fifteen and O this season and going back to back. We are going to win the Natty again. I love it, man. I love it. Go bold or go home. Dad says I think his name is Baby Rattler. Uh, it might be. It might be. <laughs> well, guys, uh, great show. Hey, thanks for coming on. Thanks for everybody for uh, contributing. Uh, great comments tonight. Probably one of the best comments we've had all season. Uh, comments box was uh was pumping full i couldn't keep up with everybody but uh appreciate everybody coming on uh so let's send this thing out right what do you say guys let's do it, do it. so guys we're gonna head up to uh there you go 17 standing up big I... <laughs> bennett's gonna come in and show up show out guys Getting to finally getting the respect that he deserves. Yes, sir. Go up there to South Carolina, take care of business, come back, and be ready to rock and roll for the rest of the season. So, guys, I'm Brian, Kevin, Matt, for the Middle Georgia Dog Pound Live. We'll see you back here next week. Go dogs! Go dogs!